Shomrabyog. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to on Show Rebuke. Welcome back to the Tiny Digital Room. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined by the man who was conceived in the early '90s specifically to undo the social injustices that had been caused by the '80s. It's Benjamin Colopy. Hi there. I'm here to deliver you to a PC haven. Uh, very Come good. Come with me yes. if you want to live, but only consensually. Yes. If very you'd like good, to stay Benjamin. and die, you can. Yes. Thank God you were born, Ben, white, so you could be a white saviour, one of your favourite tropes. Yes, I enjoy getting on my noble steed. Yes. Uh, not needed is his name. <laughs> uh, and I ride into battle frequently, Michael, um, wherever a woman has already asserted herself um, and I am no longer needed, wherever a young black man is doing perfectly fine holding his own, I'll ride in there yeah. and I'll just undermine his entire effort. Yeah, yeah. Give him some un- unrequested advice, Ben. That's one of your favorites. Yeah. yeah. I hope that one day Tom Hanks will play me in a movie. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's my ultimate goal. <laughs> or Lawrence of Arabia. What was his name? Is he alive? He's probably dead. <laughs> uh, was that... I don't know who that was. was Lawrence, Lawrence Olivier? Lawrence Olivier, Ben. He would have played a young you. That was Peter O'Toole, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just associated an old actor named Lawrence. Yeah, with yeah, very good, Benjamin. Speaking of things that nobody asked for, do you have any theme music for us? I do actually. I've been working on this one. You ready? Yeah, go on. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. Very good. It was the same as always. <laughs> Benjamin! What? Nicholas Cage has gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has. It's Or, Michael, he's just living his best life. He's just... It must be quite freeing, Michael, to have any script pass your desk. And I mean any script. Any script. And just to be able to say, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll make that. That seems derivative. But look, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm did Mortal Kombat that. last week. I mean, oh, it's so interesting. From the A-list of the A-list, Michael. He like, was in Leaving Las Vegas. He was in Leaving Las Vegas. The Rock, Michael. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. He was inside The Rock. Yes. Yes, in the gay porn between a rock <laughs> and a hard place. Oh, very good. That's clever. Um, and... Yeah, so he was in all these big movies back in the day. Face off with John Travolta, Michael. Yeah, I want to take his face off. National Treasure, which we now know from recent events, is completely inaccurate as to how people would actually storm a capital. Yeah, much easier. Um, much easier. Much in real easier, life, apparently. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, there's no security, and what a ridiculous idea for a film. Yeah, if he just um, had a red hat on, they would have let him in. And now, Michael, he does things like the color of space. Mental. Mental. <laughs> Mandy. Mandy, mental, yeah. Mental. And now, Michael, we've been blessed. Don't forget jujitsu, Ben. Do oh, not I forget jujitsu. Jujitsu, Michael. And now, Michael, we've been blessed with, with two things, actually. One, he's hosting the History of Curse Words on Netflix. Oh, fucking hell, is he? Yep, so that's one of his gigs. Um, and number two, Michael, we have been graced with the trailer that is Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, looks derivative. Michael, it looks fucking mental is what it looks. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm I'm into it. Very derivative, Ben. 
it's B movie schlock, Michael, and that's being generous. It is, but, but then I don't know, Ben, if you're au fait with the youth culture. But there was a video am, game actually. a few years ago called Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, I know, with demonic animatronics. And they were animatronics, Ben, and they were coming to get you. And you were the hapless night watchman, Ben, who was sent in to keep an eye on them. And if you didn't keep an eye on them enough, they'd get you. Yeah, and then you'd be got. Yeah, then they'd eat you or kill you or some such, Ben. And it's that. But for some reason, the animatronics are the victims. <laughs> yes, it would appear that it's a little a little M. Night Shyamalan-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y
to mean like a stare and gaze, the plural of gay, are pronounced the same way. Anyway, Michael, it's a very it's a very subtle film. It's very well done. It's very well scripted. And somebody at Netflix saw that and went, oh, we could do that with a man. Oh, yeah, that'll be just as good. It's not but you know what it'd make it you know what it'd make it even better if he was a man in the army and instead of subtly manipulating two men into freeing her from her her prison we could just have him go around and kick the shit out of stuff oh yeah good like, oh yeah let's do that so that's what we've got michael we've got uh, anthony mackie as a kind of ai construct okay he's a cyborg um, or an android and He's in a war zone, Michael. He's he's a U.S. military weapon, and he gets paired up with with a young rookie who doesn't follow rules well. And they say, "Oh, we'll give him to I don't know what the character's name is, but I can call him Mackie." Okay. Um, we're gonna give him to Mackie, and uh, those two kind of form a bond. But Michael, Michael, yes. what if the robot is playing both sides of the conflict? Um, and what happens is we we get a similar Donald Gleeson and Alicia Vikander relationship in that you know he's entered into this kind of world with with new rules and new things and the first thing that he's told by Anthony Mackie is you have to trust me. No. Oh. And then Michael at the end of the trailer we hear it again, but this time it's kind of echoey and ominous, and we're led to believe that oh maybe he shouldn't have trusted. Maybe him. he oh, shouldn't no. have trusted him ever at all, Ben, because he's a robot. Um, it looks to be Michael a bit of a geopolitical thriller. A bit of a, a robots are better than men. A bit of what if robots are worse than men? Oh yeah, what if they're not to be trusted, just like men? <laughs> what if they're a pack of dicks? Um, <laughs> so that's happening, Michael. That's a thing. Um, Anthony Mackie left at the chance to get a Captain America role again, and it turns out that he might be the bad guy. Poor yeah. Anthony Mackie. Robots are such a bag of dicks. Ben. <laughs> I know that one of your favourite parts of the, the week of the podcast is finding out how far I am into the Buffyverse. I am now three episodes from the end of Angel. Does that matter? Yeah, we're nearly there, Ben. We're nearly there. We can do our special episode. Oh, yay. Yeah, we'll do our special Joss Whedon the Verse regressive per- permissions. What am I saying? I think I'm having an episode. <laughs> our, <laughs> what's the word, Ben, when you look back on something? Retrospective. Retrospective. Yeah, Michael. that's what I meant. <laughs> Not regressive permissions. What you're having is a stroke, though. No, I'm okay. Probably... No, I'm okay. I just have an itchy leg. <laughs> oh, I hate that. In fairness, that is maddening stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you explained that before you made that motion. Yeah. Because yeah. from the shoulders down, it's very hard to distinguish what one motion might yeah, be. Yeah, that was the joke, you see. That was a joke. Entirely uh, visual good. joke, Ben. Lost on the medium of podcasts, of course. Lost on the medium of podcasts. Anyway, Michael, I'm glad to hear that you're three episodes from the end of Angel and you'll still be delivered from the Buffyverse and never have to watch it again. No, I probably will. It's very good. But look, that's, oh, okay. a, that's a podcast topic for a whole other day. We just keep unloading the future podcast topics on the viewer, on the listeners today. Few, it's essentially we're recording a production meeting, Ben. That's what's happening this week. <laughs> nice. Uh, Michael, outside of that, um, just, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yes, there we... was, Ben. Oh, no. Oh, no. What else is going on, Michael? Ben, we had the bloody first piece of new Marvel Cinematic Universe content in 18 months. Finally, Michael. Finally. I don't know how the theme music goes, but Ben, I have to tell you, my little heart was so excited when I heard that theme, the Marvel theme connected oh, the to the little logo thing. theme at the beginning. Do, 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 that, that thing. It's a weird. Does that? Thing. Is that even Maybe close? I have the wrong one. What one do I have? <laughs> I don't think that's even close, Ben. I'm not going to play it because we'll get copyright struck because Marvel. Yeah, we'll get copyright Marvel. struck right off the right off the map. Yeah, that's Ben. Uh, yeah, we, we had our premiere of WandaVision. WandaVision, Ben. It was on the television. Yeah, it was indeed. And. <clears throat> 
it, Michael, bloody strange stuff. Bloody. Well, Ben, let's just throw it up there straight away, right? We're going to... It's hard. You cannot talk a bit about this without doing spoilers. Spoilerinos. So there are right going now. to be spoilers for WandaVision. And yep. the first spoiler is, funnily enough, going to be in the spoiler description. So if you don't want to know anything... Stop listening now. But please don't stop listening now because God damn it, we need those listens. But Just skip 10 minutes. Skip about 10 minutes. But here comes the first spoiler and the first spoiler is necessary in the spoiler description. So here's now we're moving on to the spoiler description, Ben. And in Go the on. spoiler description, I'm going to say that there are really no spoilers in this for the plot. Okay. Because you can't really spoil the plot. Can you? We're only two episodes in. We're only two episodes in, but also there is essentially no plot yet. That we know of. Yeah. So, it's mostly going to be spoilers for the sheer ballsy audacity of this thing for existing. Yes. Because, Ben, and this is where I was going with this, the absolute cheek of them. I know. To make this the bloody audacity it must have (laughs) taken to make this fucking thing. It's it's a bit mad, isn't it? It's it's so... Do you know what my favourite thing to do, Michael, after this? Um, you know I love you know I love Reddit you know I love Neckbeard hunting. you're mad for Reddit you know I yeah. love uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. but they lost their minds on the Marvel Reddit they were like what is this this is the absolute ballsy audacity of making this Ben because it's not Marvel well it is Marvel Ben yeah but it's it, but it's not Michael but, it's, yeah, but it but is it's though not. it is though no but it's not though somebody watched Legion at Marvel and just went yeah that let's let's do that well that but I mean I was expect. okay look hold on we need, to, get into it there. we need to get out what we're talking about. And Ben, you told me you've seen one episode. I've seen two episodes. You have. And let me tell you, Ben, and the listeners, episode one and episode two are each 21-minute sitcom episodes. Yeah. Episode one is a sitcom episode. <laughs> that's all it is. Starring Wanda and Vision. It's a 1950s Dick Van Dyke show. It's episode. So just to just to take a quick pause there, it draws influences from quite a few of those old TV shows. But primarily, you're absolutely right. It's Dick Van Dyke. It's I Love Lucy, which is a show that most of our Irish viewers probably wouldn't have a concept of. Because ah, I'd say they would, Ben, because it's uh, if not necessarily, we never saw it here really. But it's so ingrained in popular yeah. culture that even if you've never seen I Love Lucy, you've seen another pastiche of I Love Lucy. Yeah, and then I think primarily it's Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. Well, that's the second episode, Ben. Oh, okay. I've t- and okay. having that's not seen them, you might not see the distinction. And apparently this has been a thing with people kind of millennials, essentially, which, you know, I'm oh, on no. the cusp of. That millennials are just seeing them all as old sitcoms. But there's a okay. very, very, very big visual and stylistic distinction between episode one and episode two. Because episode one is the 50s, essentially. Yes. Uh, it's not I Dream of Genie and Bewitched, other than the fact that she has magical powers. So, of course, people jump to that. Naturally. But, yeah, but it's the Dick Van Dyke show and it's I Love Lucy, Ben, because he's out at work. She's at home. She never leaves the house. No, that's very uh, important. And he goes off to work and comes back with his boss. And it's all very 1950s gender roles fixated. You know what, Michael? Go on. I enjoyed it so much. It's so good. Episode one is so good and it's so, so weird. Good. But it's, it's just so an episode of a sitcom, Ben. And it's <laughs> barely it it's barely even a pastiche. It's not a pastiche. 
No, it's like, a sitcom, Michael. Nothing funny happens in it that isn't outside the bounds of what would happen in a sitcom. Well, there's one there's one scene, Michael, um, that happens, and it's it's all the better, Michael, because it happens in the last three minutes of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's made all the better because we have been lulled into this sitcom sense of security. And then all of a sudden, everything changes, Michael. Um, and it's really impressive. It's the camera angle suddenly shift from the the dead on stage camera angle. Yeah. Um, the tension moves, the, the angles kind of twist. It's more like Hitchcock all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, and this is when the boss is choking on the piece of food. It's very spooky and scary. Um, and he's obviously being punished by whatever entity is um, running the show yeah. because Wanda. he's forcing them to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's very interesting, Michael, isn't mm. it? Oh, it so was then, good. Unnerving. So then, so then, Ben, episode two is the 60s because for one thing, Wanda has some trousers on. Oh, she's got some pants on, huh? And it's about the two of them integrating into their communi- community and getting into a funny scrape in the community. I love a good scrape And it's episode. much more I Dream of Jeannie Bewitched, that kind of okay. thing. I'll have um, to watch that directly after this. And then, Ben, we assume the next episode is going to be a 70s sitcom episode. Well, assuming, Michael, we are going to continue in that vein. They're very short, Michael. They're absolute sheer audacity of them, Ben. The yeah, absolute they're... ballsy audacity of what has happened here. Because I think everybody saw this trailer and thought it was going to be a Legion-esque show which would yes. be, you know, 40-minute episodes interspersed with confusing thing happen- confusing things happening like moments from sitcoms. But it's yes. not, Ben. The first two episodes are sitcom episodes. That's all they are, Michael. That's all they are. <laughs> They've done a sitcom. They've done a, a 50s sitcom with the camera set up, the light set up. Dick Van Dyke was hired as a... As a as a what's it called consultant consultant to get the slapstick yes to get the slapstick humor right it's insanity it's (laughs) actually hired dick van dyke yes oh that's that's brilliant that's absolutely brilliant the cat the bloody title sequence is at the end yeah um it's mental i've been speculating with my good lady friend ben who also thoroughly enjoyed it let's not get past the fact here that i thought this was great it is great. Yeah, it is. But my biggest disappointment was I was ready to sit down on Saturday morning and watched nearly two hours of this. Um, and all you got was a 40-minute slap in the face. A 40-minute, just two episodes of a bloody sitcom with the faintest of hints that something bigger might be going on. <laughs> what the fuck is this? The audacity! <laughs> the audacity of this! They got you. Um, they did. They got me good, Ben. And, and like I'm annoyed now. I'm actually annoyed at Marvel. But I'm annoyed because I want more of it, which I think is pretty good marketing. Yeah, it is. It's pretty solid. Pretty, pretty solid. So, yeah, um, I mean, the my feeling is each episode... Let me just spoil something a little bit something for you, Ben. Episode two has an even bigger breakdown of reality than episode one. Great. Lovely. And I suspect that as we go for, forward into later decades, the breakdowns in reality are going to get bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. And then I wouldn't be surprised if by episode six or seven, we're actually into 40 minute like oh, Marvel TV show. you think show they're episodes. literally going to mirror the format? I think, I don't know. I, I think things are going to, I don't know. I don't know, Ben. I don't know uh. if every episode's going to be 21 minutes. But I mean, there are clips of her, you know, with modern lighting and a kind of documentary style setup. 
which looks like Ooh. it might be a modern family style pastiche. Oh, or an office. Or the office, yeah. But I mean, the yeah. modern, modern family and the office are from the same genre, really, aren't they? So they it are, might... yeah. They're almost exactly the same. So that's the 2010s covered or the 2000s he's covered. Like, it might so just, interesting. It might just continue all the way up to that and then go three episodes of Marvel Cinematic Universe blockbuster at the end. Or, you know, this is the thing. They've thrown off the shackles of network television restrictions. Yeah. And they can have a 21-minute episode, a 26-minute episode, a 33-minute episode, a 9-minute episode, a 2-hour episode. They can do whatever they want. So they, they started that experiment with The Mandalorian because whenever you watch The Mandalorian, you're not sure if you're going to get a 40-minute episode or a 32-minute episode. Or sometimes you get a 29-minute episode, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't hate it, but it is jarring for people who've grown accustomed to a certain length. And you're like, what? Uh, where's the rest of the episode no no yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. come back and funnily enough Ben I've encountered two things this week <clears> unrelated <throat> to this that kind of match in with that I've been, I was watching an episode of Angel Ben which was <clears throat> um, produced and ended up being three minutes too short <gasps> so an extra scene had to be filmed gas yeah and there's an extra scene at the beginning that's not really related to the whole episode i also ben watched an episode of transformers this week for our main topic which we'll discuss in a while and oh yeah and that finished with a two and a half minute discussion of who the autobots and decepticons were obviously because the plot ended up too short that week (laughs) which is like this is mad shit and that's gone now because they can do whatever the hell they want Disney really is, in that sense, kind of pushing the envelope a little bit because Netflix doesn't experiment with runtimes like that. Netflix gives you their runtime. Do you know what Um, I mean? They follow the network runtimes quite heavily. Maybe in their big things, but not in their smaller experimental things. really? Yeah, I can't give you an example off the top of my head, Ben. Sorry, unfortunately. But I have seen things on Netflix where episode length varies wildly. That's mad. I yeah, didn't know so that. It, I'll look up in a, a couple of examples. Um, I don't watch enough TV, Michael. It is happening, though, Ben. It is happening. But yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's a wild thing that this exists. Yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it. I, I found myself going, because I kept waiting for the twist. Yeah. And it never really came, Michael. No. I was like, oh, that's bold. And it doesn't <laughs> come in episode bold. two either, Ben. And episode two ends as a sitcom. You're like, what the fuck? when's it gonna be superheroes i thought we'd get a reveal when they they pan out from the kind of tv station control room no we just got a hand turning on the screen yeah and it ended it's fucking bonkers paul bethany appears to be having an absolutely fantastic time he's having the best but paul bethany is one of those people michael and i enjoyed his his kind of marvel story um because the day he was told by his agent to give up was the same day he got a call from John Favreau saying, do you want to do the voice of Jarvis in Marvel? And it, it kind of saved his acting career. He, he goes on about this a lot where he's like, my work had kind of dried up by the time I landed Iron Man. I think, you, and if might, I had... I think you might be mixing that story up slightly. I think Uh-oh. he was doing Jarvis and that story is about when he was asked to do Vision. Oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. but I mean, it's the same thing. Because never mind. He, when he was doing Jarvis, how much would how much does a voice actor get paid for a role like Jarvis? Not a, that a, much. A, a, I'd say he probably got a hundred grand, maybe. Yeah, at most. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a lot of money for normal. I mean, I wouldn't normal. turn it down. You wouldn't, Ben. You'd be like, Mr. Stark, there's a bloody rocket up your bum. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Right. That'd be good. <laughs> load the load the bloody uh, artificial intelligence, Ben, uh, acronym for British Enigmatic uh, Nudist. Numpty. Yeah, um, even better. But yeah, so I, I always enjoyed that story. And, you know, you watch him in this and he really is having a ball. He's like a great he's time. just he's having a great time. And um, he has a big funny face as well, which is great for fifties sitcoms. He's such a tall man, Michael. He's a tall skinny man with a big long he's face. Tall skinny man. Um I did really enjoy it though, Michael. One of the things I really enjoyed was the costume change from Vision to Paul Bethany. I, I just think I yeah, the little flick of the head and all of a sudden he's you know oh, it's just very good, Michael. Just mm. A nice thoroughly enjoyed show it, to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I'm intrigued as to what's going to happen. Not in the plot. I mean, I, I would like to know what has them in here. I think it's Scarlet Witch. I think she's having her own mental episode. And mm. she's created this bubble, but she's kind of not entirely aware of it. But that's a bit Legion-esque of a twist. Mm. But that's not what really intrigues me. What intrigues me is what's next week's episode going to be? Is it going to be 21 minutes again? Am I going to wake up on Saturday morning and go down, have my little bowl of cereal, have a little bit of sugar on the top of my Wheaty Picks, and am I going to be eating my cereal and then it's over in 21 minutes? Or is it going to reach 21 minutes and the credits roll and then it goes... And then we see what's happening outside the bubble? Because we know we're going to see what happens outside the bubble eventually. Eventually. Because yeah. we know Randall Park is in it. We know uh, Kat Dennings is in it. We yeah, know. Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings what? is in it. She's doing some what? research, I guess. What? She was doing a doctoral. Oh no, she wasn't doing a doctoral PhD. Well, she maybe she moved into physics. No, I, I, I'd say what's probably going to happen is Michael. There'll be an anomaly somewhere, and she'll be sent to investigate it. It turns out that it's Wanda in a little coma bubble, in a bubble. Yeah, yeah, generating yeah. vast amounts of energy to keep this fiction running or something and yeah. it's going to cause some kind of rip in the time space continuum not the time space continuum Ben timey wimey stuff maybe at the end we'll get a bloody Owen Wilson Loki cameo who knows yeah, yeah. Uh, or a Doctor Strange oh he has to come in um, Michael just very very quickly because I, I did want to talk about this one of the characters that's going to interest me is the one played by Catherine Dehan it's Agatha Harkness Michael Catherine Han I believe is her name Ben You're I'm going to call her Catherine Dehan okay. as in Dean Dehan's um, far better older yeah. sister and his name is Dane Dehan, not Dean Dehan. It is. No, it's Dean Dehan now, Michael. It's Dean Dehan. Um, I, I appear to be suffering from Hollywood dyslexia. You're on a roll here of Hollywood dyslexia. That's a good term. I like that. Um, I am the world's first sufferer of Hollywood yeah, dyslexia, yeah. Michael. And I, One I, of I my favourite actors is the actor Matthew Demon. Um, he's got a little horny horns. And Ben Affleck. He's yeah, great. Ben Affleck. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Michael, uh, Agatha Harkness is kind of a fascinating character in the Leonardo Marvel Leonardo DiCaprese. Yeah, he's very good too. He's a nice uh, cheesy salad. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Um, Agatha Harkness is kind of a fascinating character in the Marvel Comics universe. She is a mentor on occasion to Scarlet Witch. Um, and she's one of the original witches of Salem in the mm. thing. So her character, Agatha Harkness, is, should be a witch. So it'll be interesting to see if she actually is a witch or if she's just a useful little I don't know easter egg for people yeah. to enjoy um, she has a fascinating history in the the Marvel comics she was uh, Franklin Richards Reed Richards and Sue Richards son nanny and mm. um, that's how she was first introduced and she was just casually a witch um, the frightful four attacked one day 
and the Fantastic Four are out in a mission and they're all rushing back to save Franklin and they get there and the Frightful Four are absolutely destroyed and they're a bit decimated and Agatha Harkness casually kind of says oh by the way I'm a witch and this is I'm no bother witch. to me look at all of these <laughs> magics that I'm hearing and it's it's one of the best things ever anyway I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it Michael I'm assuming we're going to get a it's not full house what, what would be next week's I was talking era. about this with my good lady friend Ben and it's I don't know my, I, I, I'm not that au fait with American sitcoms through the decades. Yeah. So I, th- I, I don't know. I don't know what your classic seventies sitcoms are. I suppose the big one is is uh, Happy Days. I mean, Happy Days is there, but that's that's set in the fifties, isn't yeah, it? So, so I don't know if they're going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have. It's a family. Family Affair is one of them. And then whatever the Cosby show was, but I doubt they'll touch the Cosby show for obvious reasons. Well, the 80s will probably be... The 80s, it will depend on whether they're going wholesome and uh, American yeah. values like Full House and that one with Michael J. Fox. What was that called? Family Ties? I'm assu- yeah, I'm assuming it'll be one of them. Or they you know what I'd love to see, Michael? Like Married with Children. A bizarre 97th heaven. Homage. A bizarre Christian pastor. It does seem to be, it's sitcoms though, Ben. It doesn't seem to be just TV in general. It does seem to be sitcoms. So 90s will almost undoubtedly be a Friends or a Seinfeld. Friends, yeah. If they do do that. Paul Bethany Seinfeld. Sold. I know. Sold. It'd be gurning his face and going, the thing about this, Elaine, is that what's the deal with phasing through walls? Seinfeld is stunning. Steinfeld, Steinfeld, Steinfeld very don't, good, don't yeah. you dare, don't you dare besmirch Seinfeld for me. Seinfeld, yeah. Um, I will dyslexia strikes again. Uh, Seinfeld is very good, and it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it now, Michael. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of a pop culture nerd's wet dream. It's like all your niche specific knowledge about television and stuff can come into play. It's it's like, oh, that's from this and this is from that. And there is, yeah, there is that for sure. But also there's the fact that they, the main demographic for this is, you know, men and women aged 25 to 45. Or 18 to, 18 to 45 probably. And Correct. the vast majority of them have never seen an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. That's true. Hmm. And they might be culturally aware of the cultural significance of it, but they may not be. So people like you, Ben, for example, might have just mixed 50s and 60s sitcoms in together as one kind of great big melting pot of the olden days, the pre-colour days. Um, In episode two, Ben, for example, I don't know if you know this, but I Dream of Genie, or was it Bewitched, started in black and white. It's Bewitched. Bewitch. It started in black and white and finished in colour. I didn't know that. And as does the episode two. Huh. Yeah. It's full of huh. nonsense like that. It's very good. Look very at that enjoyable. watershed moment. Very enjoyable, Ben. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, Michael. Michael. Hello. <laughs> we've talked quite a bit about WandaVision. Good. Um, I'm well, just watching our time there. We're not going to talk about it every week, Ben. So just as we said, we'll talk about the first two episodes today and then we'll bloody well move on and we'll talk I, about I it at know, the Michael. end. I think we'll have to do a mid-season and a an end-season. I, I don't know, Michael. I think we'll have to do it in two-episode increments because I it think depends. it's yeah, it very depends. interesting. Depends where it goes, Ben. Depends where it goes. It's too late, Michael. I've committed us to it live on air. Oh, um, okay. we're, we're doing it now. Michael, I came to you. Um, well, you came to me this week and said to me, Ben, why, why is there something in the calendar called the Iron Shakedown? And what on earth does that mean for the podcast? 
Um, yes. And then you very helpfully pointed out to me, Michael, that it's not pronounced shake. It's pronounced chic. I um, think it, it depends, Ben. It depends where you're from. I think shake is also fine. Um, so I, I called it the Iron Shakedown just as a, a little bit of a giggle for myself. But Michael, what I want to talk about this week yes. is the bizarre cultural shift that happened in the early to mid 80s away from the Cold War aesthetic of action films and and comics and things like that towards a bizarre anti-Arab Middle East villainy. Um, in in modern kind of 80s culture. And what I mean by that, Michael, is the Cold War was fantastic for toy companies and comic book companies yeah. and films and things like that. Because the, basically... The Broccoli family. Exactly, Michael. If you needed... I don't get that reference. You're going to have to go back. They, no, own, they own James Bond. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It was actually quite helpful. Yeah. Um. So it was pretty good for them. Is that why there's never been like an Italian Bond villain? Yes. Oh, we'll have to do some research on that. That's interesting. <laughs> um, um. Michael, what happened was there was kind of a... Basically, the Cold War was great because if you wanted a bad guy, you gave him a Russian accent. Yeah. Or a German twang. Yeah. Or, you know, anything like that. And you could basically... Set up your audience expectation. If you met a big Russian lad, oh, he's probably not too good, is he? Or a sexy uh, Russian lady, Ben. Yeah, or, or if there was a rather attractive Russian lady, you knew you were going to get a, a bloody shoe blade in the throat at some point. She was going to click her heels, a blade would pop out, and you'd get a high kick to the face. Oh, that'd no. be the end of you. Not my face. Um, <laughs> that'd be the end of you. And, Michael, then there was a shift, because what happened was um, the Cold War kind of really cooled down. Um... <laughs> And those villains, in in the spirit of kind of, I suppose, international relations and (laughs) keeping everybody happy, they they kind of cooled off as well. But then came the rise of the the Middle Eastern villain or the the kind of the Arab villain. And I use the word Arab here as kind of an an amalgam of all Middle Eastern cultures because that's pretty much how movies and television shows treated them as well. Not just Middle Eastern either. Middle Eastern and North African. Yeah, so it became this bizarre thing. So I guess you could stretch it more, and I'm, I'm not really willing to take it there, but you could stretch it more into an Islam end of things. Oh, um, There's a tone of that to it as well, and it's really interesting. So where this was brought to my attention, Michael, was, you know, Back to the Future. I've seen it, yeah. Marty McFly, he's in the DeLorean, for example. So one of, one of the, the big watershed moments of Back to the Future is when the dock is attacked. Oh, it's um, Libyans. At the very beginning of the film. It's Libyans. Mm. It's Libyans, Michael. It's yeah. not Russians as it would have been, you know, five years previous. Mm. And it's it's a bizarre moment. And then this this leads into something that you're a big fan of and, and uh, glamorous lady of podcasting, Rachel, is a fan of. It, it leads very heavily into wrestling. This um, shift in politics shapes American wrestling for much of the 1980s. And rather than being over-the-top characters with signature moves, it becomes a strange kind of geopolitical theater mm. of America versus everybody else. Um and this is all led by this, but where this comes from, Michael, and the the real origin of it is bloody G.I. Joe. Go now hold on a minute. Let's You're get into saying, it, Michael. No, hold on a minute. You're saying the real origin of Arabs replacing Russians and the British as the baddies in the eighties was G.I. Joe. Not oh, no, the unstable situation in the Middle East and North Africa. No, no, it gets better. All right, okay. Right, well, look, right, all right. right. Okay. So, 
Here we you go. Ready? All right. Yeah, I'm not. All right. So, in the 1960s, Michael. I've heard of them, yeah. G.I. <laughs> Joe is a kind of world spy organization. That's that's their narrative in the, the 1960s. They're, 1960s and 70s, they're, uh, you know, I guess the UN of super teams. Do you know okay. what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. they're a little bit of everybody, and they're taking on whatever threat comes up, and it's no good. And Cobra is the big villain. It's Cobra and G.I. Joe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're the big villain, and they're also kind of a, an amalgam baddie organization. There's a couple of Nazis in there, a few Nazi scientists and stuff. Oh, good, but, yeah. you know, overall, they're an international effort of villainy, and good. it's all good. And then, Michael, thanks to your unstable situation in the Middle East, the one that you created in the 1980s. Me personally, yes, when I was born. <laughs> when America began to stretch its reach over there to the Middle East, um, that politics kind of became a thing. And what what the, the CEO of G.I. Joe decided to do, and he came out and made a... No, hold on a, a second. This, Hasbro, Hasbro, Hasbro. Hasbro, all right, Hasbro. okay. Not the, CIO, not the CEO of the organization, G.I. Joe. Yeah, all Joe. Right, okay, yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe himself, all right. Bruce Willis. Or to use your Hollywood I'm very dyslexia. excited, Michael. Leave me alone. I'm Bruce a little Wilson. bit confused. All right, Bruce uh, Wilson. Your job yeah. is to rein me in today. That's your job. All right. Well, I can't, <laughs> can't leave you alone and rein you in then. They're you have to do both. You have All to right. figure out how to do it. So what happens is the, the CEO of Hasbro comes out and says, um, <laughs> what is the exact phrasing? We were too gentle in the 60s. Was G.I. Um, Joe not owned by Kenner in the 60s? No, no. But I think it's owned by Hasbro by the 80s. And right. he's he's making a statement about G.I. Joe's ideological basis. And he's saying we were too soft in the 60s. It's time the world knew that G.I. Joe is American and he's a proud American. Right? Oh. So this patriotic thing takes a push. Okay? And because G.I. Joe is a multi-platform kind of thing, he has a comic, he has a television show. Um, the comic takes on this kind of insane, realistic, real-world political narrative where G.I. Joe is suddenly going into Afghanistan right. and G.I. Joe is helping out South American rebels and G.I. Joe... And it becomes this bizarre kind of almost nationalist <laughs> propaganda thing. And when you look into it, and this happens across the movies of the 80s as well, where we see, you know all american males taking on the 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 arab threat if you watch the end credits of a lot of those 80s films funding is provided by the u.s department of defense yep and when you look at gi joe michael yeah they were provided with money from the u.s department of defense yeah so everything that americans enjoyed as children in the 80s was propaganda literally not an, it's not a, a weird cultural shift. It's not an optional thing. It was an active propaganda attempt by the U.S. Department of Defense. Perhaps and one this of the, blows my mind. Perhaps one of the reasons, Ben, that here in good old Europe we didn't really get GI Joe. Thank G.I. God Joe, for that. G.I. Joe. <laughs> Thank America. Thank the flag, Ben. The G.I. Joes were relaunched here as Action Man and later Action Force. Same figures. Oh. But an entirely different, no storyline, really. They were just kind of generic army men fighting generic baddies. Excuse me, Dr. X was a villain beyond compare. He had they, a scar over one eye. And they didn't really, yeah, they didn't, they weren't real American heroes here, thankfully. 
thankfully oh man I still have like ninja action man knocking around my house somewhere um, he wore neon orange shorts and very he had a bandana stealthy. yeah very and stealthy that, <laughs> that made him a ninja um, so yeah sounds like so, modern cyclist G.I. Joe <laughs> Shouting Skin at motor now with special shouting at motorist action. <laughs> you bastard! You bastard! Give this me some room. Lane. Do you know how vulnerable I am <laughs> compared to you and your car? Fucking destroying the planet, you bastard! Modern cyclist action man. Will you feck off, Eamon Ryan? Get to work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. So that's what happens. There's this bizarre push, but Michael, where this becomes. True propaganda is probably WWF Go or on. WWE. I always mix them up. It was F then, then. It was F then. Thank you. So within this world, Michael, you had your all-American heroes like Hulk Hogan. He's an all-American hero. Yeah. So he had that famous song, I am a real American. Yeah. And that was kind of his big thing. And then... In opposition to him was... I can't remember what the name of the big Russian guy was. Ivan Ivanov. Yeah, probably. And then you had the Iron Sheik, or Sheik, as we go along. Now, the Iron Sheik is now um, a very, very welcome uh, fitness shake that you can get at our local gym here, Michael. But originally... Very good. Good for um, people with anemia. (laughs) He was a big... um, He was a big bloody... Arab monstrosity that was kind of his character and he was a heel Michael which in in wrestling terms means he was the baddie Um, and he existed purely purely to kind of antagonize American audiences into hating him as much as possible yeah Um, so he would say things like down with America and stuff like that and the audience would go bananas Um, and then I suppose that becomes all the more threatening Michael because of the kayfabe nature of kayfabe kayfab I never know how to. Yeah, I think it's kayfabe. Kayfabe is the the kind of indoctrination of wrestling lore into real life. So when you interview those characters outside of the ring, they maintain their storyline and kind of keep up the pretense that they are who they say you know, they the all American hero or the the Arab heel or you know whatever it is. But that gets really intense, Michael, because what it becomes is like a lot of wrestling fans buy into that wholesale. They're like, yep. Yeah, Love it. <laughs> it's all real. It's all true. Especially back then when like fake wrestling wasn't as big as it is now, where everybody goes, Yeah, it's fake. But you know Yeah, you wanna watch with the term fake wrestling, Bear. You go Ben, you're gonna um you're gonna alienate some of our audience there. God damn it. God that we steer me right there. Quick. Sports entertainment, Ben. Sports entertainment if you want to Sports go entertainment, thank what you. They call it these days. Or just wrestling, Ben. We'll stick with wrestling. Just say we'll wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. But what happens there, Michael, is that becomes the indoctrinating thing and it really pushes this narrative of Arab bad America good yeah and it's this, this is the real America and again I think you're right Michael I think because we exist over here it just doesn't hit the same way um, because it, it is that American centric kind of pop culture that that can alienate some of us where we're just like, well, I'm not American. I don't get this at all. Um, but it's oh, it was just a fascinating shift, Michael. And I read about this with absolute fascination as kind of the roots of Islamophobia within American culture. It's just really interesting. Mm. It's um, kind of a fascinating thing for me. 
he was a he was a really good the guy who played the Iron Sheik played as maybe the wrong character word to use but the Iron Sheik himself was a genuinely good wrestler um amateur wrestling like the combat sport of wrestling he would have kicked the shit out of of Terry Bollea who is Hulk Hogan oh, okay thank you if he had to that's fascinating yeah he would have absolutely minced him he was in a pretty fascinating documentary a while back, wasn't he? Because um, he, he fell on very hard times at one point. I think he became a drug addict at one point. Almost every wrestler becomes a drug, drug addict. There's a sweeping statement for you, Ben. It's very hard on the body and the mind. Yeah. Constantly being on tour and beating the shit out of yourself. So there's a really interesting documentary um, that was released in 2014 called The Shake or The Sheik. Shake, shake, um, shake. And it's all about his kind of return to the spotlight um, after having his big plummet um and I, I it's it's recommended watching here uh michael it's a very interesting little documentary but michael you have a special episode of something um that you want ah, to talk yes, about then i do i've already watched the thing because you said nick we're talking about we're talking about the misrepresentation of arabs in american popular culture in the 80s and benjamin as you know one of my favorite things on the on the popular culture is the transformers ben they're small robots who are in disguise often as other things like cars or sometimes, Ben, giant scorpion cities or giant dinosaur cities. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's important, Michael, to have range. Yes, Ben. So one of the most, uh, maybe the most infamous episode of Transformers is from season three, Ben. Um, when they decided to do an episode based around the growing fear of the Middle East. Classic. Not the Middle East, actually, Ben. It's funny that you mention it. The, the third season of Transformers was 1986, I think. Okay. And that puts it a, a year. It's, it was produced around the same time as Back to the Future, funnily enough. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So post-Ben Iranian hostage crisis and during the kind of height of the fear of Gaddafi and all of the various goings-on in Libya, Ben. So in this episode... Uh, Metroplex, Ben. He's a big city. He's a he's a transformer who turns into a city. What? Yeah, he turns into a city, and he's like, oh, "I'm Metroplex. I'm going to turn into a city, and then back into a big, huge man, and kick the shit out of you." What? That's what he does. He turns into a city. Can okay, you drive around it like it's like a proper city? Is yeah, in... he turns into a city. Yeah, he's gigantic. He could be Dublin Plex like that. That could no, be... it wouldn't be Dublin sized. He really, Ben. He's like a city, but you know, he's more like a financial district, like a Winnipeg. But a financial district doesn't sound as threatening as Metroplex. Anyway, Ben, Metroplex is, fi- is fighting Trypticon. Trypticon's a huge dinosaur Godzilla kind of thing who also turns into a city. Fuck's sake. And they'll have a fight sometimes and they'll beat each other up and Metroplex will be like, get out of here, you big dinosaur. I'm going to kick you in the head and throw you in the ocean. So he good, does. He kicks good, him good, in the good. head and throws him in the ocean. And the Autobots are like, well, I'm glad that's the end of Trypticon and we're never likely to see him again. Mm, but good. Ben, how wrong they are. Because only in the next scene... Do we see a cruise ship? And this cruise ship, captained as it is by Pedro Pascal, is sailing off the coast, Ben, yeah. of, the, of the North African nation of Carbomia. Okay. And Carbomia, Ben, is a kind of... <laughs> now, hang on, hang on, hang yeah, on, hang yeah, on, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Is this a Mick creation in place of forgetting the actual name? No. Or is this just blatantly, overtly racist? That's what racist? it's called. It's called Carbomia. The name of this country is Carbomia. <laughs> and the capital city, Ben, of Carbomia is Carbomia City. 
Which Ben, and this is Transformers canon, because it appeared on screen in the cartoon, has a population of 4,000 people and 100,000 camels. Wow. Yes. And the main export, Ben, of Carbomia is, is very... No, you would think. Uh, but that would be more aimed towards the Irish. But I suppose the Libyans were doing a bit of car bombing. Um, it's Libya, Ben. It's Libya. But it's not Libya. It's car Um And the main export is very rich oil, Ben. Oh, lovely, lovely oil. Lovely oil. And Ben, as you know, the Transformers love oil because they want to compress it into Energon so they can eat or drink it. Oh, I see. I didn't know that much. They're always after energy, Ben. That's why they're here, Ben, because they stripped their home planet of Cybertron of all its energy in their five million year long war. And now they're doing it to us. And now they're doing it here. So uh, Trypticon has recovered, Ben, from his thrashing at the hand of Metroplex. And he's gone to Carbomia and he's struck a deal (laughs) to keep cruise ships captained by Petro Pascal away from the coast of Carbomia in exchange for 50,000 barrels of oil per hour. Which wow. seems un- unreasonable, but look, anyway, he is a big giant dinosaur city robot. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, Ben, it's uh, every Arabic stereotype you could possibly imagine. Yeah. They're, they're only men. There are no women in the episode. Um, and the the president for life and king and supreme leader of Karbamia, um, I've forgotten his name. Let's just call him Gaddafi. He's like, all right, you can stay here, but first you're going to have to go and get me some gold. So Trypticon okay. goes to America and he takes Fort Knox and he brings it back. Good for him. Yeah. And Fort Knox is for some reason in the middle of a desert, but that's a whole other issue. And then he goes and he gets the Taj Mahal, Ben. Oh. And he brings that back. Just casually. Yeah. And then he goes and he gets, oh, it's an oil rig, but I think it's supposed to be the Eiffel Tower just terribly rendered. And he brings okay. that back. And eventually the Autobots find out, Ben, and they're like, oh, well, we better go and put a stop to this. So Gaddafi goes on television and says, Autobots, I invite you to invade my country and save us from these uh, these bad egg Decepticons. Get out of town. So they do their, they do that, Ben, and they rescue him. And he's very, he's very ha- thankful. He's totally grateful. And he's, he says, oh, I promise I'll give the gold back. I promise on the spirit of my mother's camel. Oh, wow. I promise on the spirit. No, hold on. I'll do the voice. I promise on the spirit of my brother's goats. They're very okay. good goats. Okay. So it's a bit <laughs> of a bore at moment. Oh, it's awful. Uh, it's awful, Ben. But funnily enough, Ben, there's actually a bit of trivia around this, which is even more interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard of the voice actor, actor Casey Kasem. I have. It's bloody shaggy. He's shaggy, Ben. Do a shaggy voice for us there, Ben. Uh, like Zoink Scoob, run! That's, that's not Rare. bad. Rare. That's not bad. Yeah. No, not, not Scooby Doo. Oh, you Rare. just wanted, you just wanted just, shaggy. Just Casey Kasem. Yeah, you've overegged that pudding, Ben. And Casey Kasem was. Um, uh, one of the voice actors in the Transformers cartoon, Ben. Yeah. And he was having none of it. Oh, wow. And he refused to be in the episode. Good. Yeah. Respect. So he, he wrote uh, a letter to the head of Hasbro at the time. It's Hasbro again, Ben. And he said, look, <laughs> not I'm, not having, this, I'm not having any of this. This is no use. There are only two Arab characters in this. They're both awful. You don't sow any, like, sympathetic Arabs, like... Even if they had, maybe some of the Arabs in the country are the ones who invite the Autobots. Or an Arab child. Yeah, or, you know, just it's just baddies. So he refused to participate in the episode, Ben. And, um, what a man. And his, uh, he actually has a long history of advocacy for uh, 
getting rid of misrepresentation of Arabs and Arab Americans in American pop culture in the 80s. Is he Arab American? I don't know if he is. I think he's just an active... He was just an, an active activist. man with a conscience. Okay. Yeah, a man with a conscience and a, and a willingness to not go along with things if he thinks they're wrong. Oh, shaggy. A coward in cartoons, but not in real life, huh? Well, he played... Um, funnily enough, Ben, he played Cliff Jumper in, uh, in Transformers. Who's Cliff Jumper? Cliff Jumper is notable for his foolhardiness rather oh. than his cowardliness. Okay, so he, he's a man of range as Casey Kasem was Casey Kasem. He died yeah, there recently. Yeah. Mm. He did die uh, 2009, I think. It was quite a while ago. Oh, that was ages ago. Never oh, mind. 2014, 2014. Um, Lebanese. That's fascinating. Yeah, he's Lebanese. You've, you've sparked in me, Michael, a, a, a quick flash memory that I'm just going to tack on to the end of your thing. You know the death of Jason Todd, the famous event in Batman's history that scarred him for life? Yes. Do you know how that ends? Uh, he gets beaten to death with a crowbar by the Joker. Yeah, so that's how that part ends. But do you know what happens to the Joker? Uh, he gets sent to Libya. Yeah. He gets diplomatic immunity from Libya. Oh, and no he way. becomes their representative <laughs> in the United Nations what a guess. in America. <laughs> so Batman can't touch him. Oh, that's hilarious. And the reason that he's given this is that the head of Libya wants him to poison the United Nations with his um, with his Joker gas. And that's oh, wow. how that ends. That's no use. Yeah, just occurred to me. Just I just remembered it there. Mental. That's funny because uh, Casey Kasem also played Robin in Super Friends. Fuck's sake. I mean, so the links, if he, Michael. The links. If he'd, if he'd been around there, he would have been like, I'm not having any of this. Yeah, no, he would have refused to participate yeah. in that Super Friends episode. Yeah. Where Jason Todd was beaten to death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, right, well, that's 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 it from us, Michael. That's our little deep dive into Islamophobia in American pop culture. Um, I mean, we've scratched the surface there. I'm sure there's more. But, you know, it was just a fascinating thing for me. And that's kind of why we have the podcast, Michael, so I can... Sometimes take a whim and have a look at us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, what are your favourite moments of Islamophobia? No, we can't ask that, can we? Uh, I mean, we we can ask what are the most egregious. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, did we miss any of the bizarre racist, um, just wildly misrepresentative episodes of your favourite childhood things? What, what do you remember? Um, what other thinly failed kind of Arab characters can you think of that created mischief and mayhem? Uh, let us know. You can find us in a couple of different places, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are on the yes. interwebs at www.shomrabyug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com Yes, it means tiny room in Irish. If you don't like that, you can find us on the old social media. Uh, we're at Shomrabyug on Instagram. Same spelling. No Same change. meaning. Yeah, just about, just about. Uh, and yeah, you can give us all your ideas there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been enjoying our episodes, do consider giving us an L review on whatever platform you enjoy your podcasts on. Um, they genuinely help us quite a bit. Put us up so, the old, uh, they put us up the old uh, list bit. In, in yeah, they ways. give us a little, a little boosty boost. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, next week... Is Shark Week in, in Get January? Get out of here! Oh no! Um, which is not, which is not real. Um, but oh, Rick no. is wanting to do a Shark Week episode. I think Rachel months. wanted to be on this episode, didn't she? 
and months again. I think Rachel wanted to be on the Shark Week episode. Well, we we will we'll get in touch with her after this and see if she's free. Um, right. And yeah, so we're doing a Shark Week episode next week. Bloody I don't know hell. what it's going to look like. Oh but God! You can also get in touch with us and talk about your favorite sharks. In yeah, culture. well, that's what it is, Ben. That's what it's going to um, be. I'm going to watch Jaws, Ben. Have you seen Jaws, Ben? I haven't. I'll watch it this week. You haven't uh, seen the film Jaws. I haven't seen the film Jaws. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben has not seen Ben Benjamin Peter Colopy. You're film, pretty close, Patrick. Film and television critic extraordinaire has not seen the film Jaws. So, if nothing else, the ridiculous idea to have an episode of the podcast based around sharks will have achieved making Ben watch the seminal film Jaws. Three years in the making. And I mean the seminal, ben. For something. <laughs> I mean seminal in the sense of full of importance and change, not... Not full, full of not male geez. reproductive fluids. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he could technically be full of sea men. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's a shark. Because it's a shark. And yeah, he has probably eats them all. probably yeah, eats people eat. on boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, you'll find out, Ben, when you watch the seminal film Jaws. Yes, I will. I will find out. From oh, that this moment is great, on. Ben. I was dreading this episode because it was a bad idea, but now, now it's great. Now you have to watch <laughs> one of the best films ever made. Uh, ladies and gentlemen Let us know Who your favourite sharks are I will be talking about The street sharks Most, de- most definitely um, Because one of my favourite Forgotten 90s cartoons But uh, yeah it, Let us know What your favourite sharks are In pop culture And we'll uh, have a chitty chat about it Yeah Watch out for the Meg It's coming to get you It's coming to get you That and the Chinese Grand bunch of lads uh, bunch Talk of to you later lads. Ladies and gentlemen Bye 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 I forgot the sign off I came up with last week And I said it was going to be My new sign off So I'm going to go <laughs> See you listeners